Welcome! You're listening to Uncommon Sense, and I'm Doug Morgan. And you know, I don't understand unions. I really don't. So oftentimes, unions, they seem like they do and support things that are the opposite of what they should be doing and supporting. Uh, and, and for instance, you know, they, they work to get people elected that are the very politicians that kill the jobs that the union is supporting. I, I don't understand it. Look, look at, for instance, we see the new administration of Joe Biden as president, and he, is, he has put a ban on fracking. And that has killed already thousands of jobs. People are already immediately getting pink slips because of it. Same thing when you look at the Keystone Pipeline. You know, he, he has put a halt on that. And again, immediately, thousands of jobs are lost just in those industries alone. We're not even talking about the you know, insulary jobs around them that, that support that industry, but just simply the industry alone. Union jobs are completely going away. Why? Because of the individual they helped get elect, elected as president. I, I don't understand it. I don't know if I ever will. And, you know, I, I've... I have seen a number of times where unions just do the opposite of what they should be doing. Uh, Being on a school board, I felt like I was the only one looking out for kids at times. It really, really was like, I'm not over-exaggerating here. Uh, There were times when it just felt like like I was the only one that was really had the, the kids in mind first. And, and that was highlighted even like during a contract negotiation. Um, we w- went through several while I was on the school board. And, you know, the the unions would even, they would negotiate against their own people. So we would say, we would come in and say, this is the budget. You know, it may, may go up. Uh, oftentimes it was, uh, the budget would go up a little bit and, and they, we would say, hey, here's, here's a little bit of, of, of more money that we have for this contract and here's the pie. Here's how big the pie is. How would you suggest, union, that we dev- devy up this, the, the, the pie and, and where should the money be budgeted? And time after time after time again, the union would come back and say, what we want is we want higher wages for the older teachers. And we would say, well, but that means that we're going to have to have teacher cuts. If you're going to divvy up the pie where these uh, the, the older uh, teachers that are on the very highest step, there's different steps as far as pay grades and that type of thing, but the ones that are at the very highest step, they're the ones making the most money, and you want to give all the extra money to those individuals and then some, that's going to create job losses. That means that the younger teachers uh, that aren't getting as much money and and whatnot, they're the ones that are going to lose their jobs because of the way you're divvying up this pie in this budget. And they would time and time again say, yeah, that's exactly what we want. Um, and, And to my amazement, they would rally these teachers, the teachers, particularly the ones that are the younger ones and and the ones that weren't making as much money, uh, they would rally those those individuals to our school board meetings, and they would uh, come with signs saying, "Hey, you need you need to support our our teachers and 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 ratify this contract and and do these things." And and these protesters 
are protesting the loss of their job. So in other words, if they get their way with their protest, they will be fired. They will be laid off. They, they literally were, do, were working toward getting themselves out of a job. And, and they really, whether they knew it or not, that is exactly what was happening because their union was killing their jobs and they were protesting to do that. It just absolutely amazes me how the unions can do some of these things that are so contrary to what you would think a union would be there for, and that is for their workers. Um, you know, online learning, when it comes to our school system right now, is an absolute failure. I'm not saying every single student can't learn online, but when you take it in as a whole, Online learning through this China virus time has been an absolute failure. We are seeing staggering numbers when it comes to um, our students. Uh, here in the Pacific Northwest, we have uh, a, uh, a number of states that are just about online learning only. There is some hybrid learning, which means uh, they have just started to open up areas where um, maybe you know half the students come for uh, you know two days out of the week, uh, and they will stay half a day, uh, and and it's just it's it's called a hybrid system, and and you're not you're not getting very much learning done, uh, and uh, and yet even that seems to be maybe even better than than online earning, uh, learning only. Uh, whole schools are uh, are not even giving homework now uh, because um, that so many are failing. Uh, if they were to give them homework, then that then it's it can't be a graded situation. You, uh, it's these these students are failing at a rate uh, I've seen over a third of all grades are Fs now. Uh, it, it's an absolute sad situation. And yet we also see that not a single case of a teacher dying from the China virus after contacting it from students. So it's not like, like the, the virus is just spreading through the schools and, and kids are dying and, and teachers are dying and, and that's not the case. Uh, and yet uh, we see situations like this one uh, where uh, we had 80% of, uh, of the Pasco teachers. There's, there's an area here called Pasco and 80% of the Pasco teachers said that they didn't want to teach in person. And so many stayed home when they started to go to this hybrid system that the district actually had to go back to an online only system and online only classes because they didn't have enough staff to staff the hybrid system. These teachers wanted to stay home instead of teaching these kids and, and, and get them out of this failed system of online learning only. And so that, uh, it, it was interesting when this article came across um, my desk here, and it's from Jason Rance, and it's dated January 13th. It says that the union head says opening schools is white supremacy, suicide concerns are white privilege, and I just couldn't, I couldn't believe it. You, you've got a union head who is saying some really crazy things, and let's get into this. The president of the Pasco Association of Educators, the PAE, claims reopening schools 
for in-person learning is an example of white supremacy and compares listening to concerned parents to following rioters breaking into the U.S. Capitol. He even says concern over student suicide is an example of white privilege. How in the world do you get this nuts? And, and yet you are a union head. The, the gentleman is named Scott Wilson, and he's the PAE president, believe it or not. Made, and he made a series of unhinged controversial remarks during a Pasco school board meeting this week. And this was, again, dated the 13th of January. The statements come as the union pushes for total remote learning for elementary schools. Even with near consensus from the medical community that it is safe to reopen schools with mitigation policies in place, the petition the union promotes uh, baselessly calls in-person learning unsafe and unsuitable. Wilson's comments were prepared and he read them during public commentary period for the school board meeting. He started by comparing the board's decision to reopen schools to rally goers in DC who saw rioters laying siege to the nation's capital. There are decisions being made, he said. Now this is a quote, okay? There are decisions being made. You stand on the lawn of the US Capitol as people break down barriers and head to the doors. Do you follow? Wilson asked rhetorically. Quote, you stand at the governor's mansion. The crowd breaks down the barriers to enter the the grounds. Do you follow? Or do you choose a different way? We must ignore the culture of white supremacy and white privilege, unquote. He wasn't done with this absurd absurd, uh, comparison. The union president argues reopening schools could be an affront to equity. An affront to equity, he says. He wasn't he while Wilson doesn't explicitly explain the equity uh, argument, he makes reference to some students living in multi-generational homes. The concern is that the student may contact COVID at school, bring it back home, and transmit it to an elderly relative who is at a higher risk of death due to complications from the virus. Now, here's a quote. We speak of equity. We speak of care to all students. We, yes, we, yet we listen and attend to voices saying, reopen everything and I'm free to breathe, supporting white privilege, unquote. Wilson said before comparing his uh, fight to keep schools closed to fighting for civil rights for black Americans. It may be news to Wilson, it goes on this article, uh, but not everyone pushing for reopening schools is part of a right-wing conspiracy movement to, to open society as if the coronavirus doesn't exist. It's a push by parents who understand the negative effects of keeping a child isolated from his and her peers not to mention the academic issues of students falling behind. And, and that is a wonderful statement by this gentleman here. And how about this for an equity issue? Low-income parents who tend to represent communities of color may have a harder time affording childcare for, for their students. Not 
everyone who is a person of color lives in multi-generational homes, despite what Wilson may imply. But most shockingly was his uh, callous comments about parents concerned over the mental health of their children. Now, here's what he said. Quote, parents complain their children are suicidal without school or sports. Wilson explains, as a father daily surviving the suicide of my son, I find these statements ignorant and another expression of white privilege, unquote. And the article goes on to say, with all due respect to Wilson, it seems troublesome to dismiss concerns of parents worried about suicide or the mental health of their children when he went through such a tragic event himself. Mental health professionals have seen uh, have, have, have been sounding the alarms for months on this very topic. An education uh, week took a look at the data in November of 2020, and it's alarming. From uh, this March, or this last past March, through October of 2020, the share of, of mental health-related hospital emergency department visits rose 24% for children's uh, of ages 5 through 11, and 31% among adolescents ages 12 through 17. And when compared to the same period in 2019, the CDC reported based on a federal health uh, surveillance program, while the CDC does not record whether a patient reported a mental health emergency as a result of a disaster, all of the mental health emergencies included stress, anxiety, acute post-traumatic stress syndrome, or panic. It noted that, quote, the share of mental health visits for every 100,000 pandemic hospital emergency visits each week rose steadily beginning about three months into the pandemic. Now, the article says here that framing this discussion around public health concerns is appropriate, but it, it is a losing argument. The data is clear and consistent that it is safe to reopen schools while following district health guidelines. Perhaps that's why, rather than argue safety side of, of reopening things, the conversation devolves into just simply other garbage, he says. Throwing around progressive buzzwords may establish Wilson's bona fides as a woke social justice warrior, but it shouldn't win arguments. If you want to argue why in your school district it should remain closed, then have at it. This, however, is an insane argument, and I would totally agree with that. Hoping to reopen schools to help educate your kids and bring back some semblance of normalcy doesn't make you a white supremacist, nor is it an expression of seditious intent. Expressing concern over your child's mental well-being isn't an example example of white privilege. It shows you care for your kids. Wilson would be better served to care a bit more about the children he teaches rather than the teachers he hopes to keep home from work. Uh, you know, I, I followed up a little more on this story. I wanted to make sure that what uh, what I was seeing here was was true, that he was making these comparisons. Uh, and it's it's almost even worse than, than what's reported here. Um, in fact, in January, uh, in a January 5th article, uh, Wilson added that educators want a fast return because, quote, they have a passion for educating students, unquote, 
And it's hard to do that via a computer screen. However, quote, getting transmission under control, under quote, during the pandemic is necessary for that return. So what is he saying? He's saying that he understands that online learning is a failure, absolute failure. That he's, he's saying that it's hard to teach this way, but that his concern over the virus trumps anything that, that has to do with kids. That's a, that's, that is a terrible mindset. In fact, this gentleman, the, and this, this is the head of the union, okay? And, he, and, and the union itself started a petition where, where 600, mostly, mostly teachers, signed for elementary students to go back from a hybrid learning type of scenario to an online learning only scenario. These are teachers that are signing a petition to the school board saying, we don't want to work. And after they had to go back to online, they, they finally got enough teachers to go back to the hybrid system after the winter break in this particular school district. And what happened is the teachers are now, again, petitioning, and the union is now saying, you guys are white supremacists if you force us to go back into schools, even in a hybrid learning type system. Now, I would say this. We need more good people to run for positions like school board. We need to have individuals who can, can think through things logically, are rational, that, um, that understand that kids in, in, in a school setting, kids are the most important thing. And when we make decisions, we make them with kids in mind first. And if we can get more people like that to sit on school boards, that is only going to help our children in the long run. We see here in the state of Washington, where this podcast originates, we, we have seen a number of things recently that have come down uh, when it comes to sex education that are basically, and, and, and I kid you not, they're basically uh, grooming kids for sexual abuse. When, some of the things that, that, that are in this curriculum that is now mandated for the state of Washington is just doing the grooming for the abusers. That is what it's doing. And, and, and we see a number of different policies that are come down that have absolutely nothing to do with the benefit of children. Uh, when I sat on, on the school district um, and, and I was in position there, I was, I was uh, both on the board and I was also chairman of the board, uh, was there for about 12 years, just off the top of my head. Um, we had, uh, we were the second lowest state in, or second, second lowest district in the entire state when it came to administration costs. Now, this was despite the fact that we had way more buildings than, than any other district our size. So, in fact, we had the most buildings and most schools in our district for a district our size, size of children that we had. Um, and yet we had the second lowest administration, administration costs. Uh, and we had, in fact, I think we had double the buildings off the top of my head. We had double the buildings of the second leading district when it came to the number of, of schools. And yet again, 
we were the second lowest in the state when it came to administrative costs. We had some of the, of the best statewide test scores in the entire state. Our kids were learning. We, our costs were, were under control. And why was this the case? Because we had great people on the school board. There was, there was a number of us that, that would go to our friends and our neighbors and, 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 and acquaintances that we knew would be really good school board members and had, had good head on their shoulders, would keep kids in, at, at the forefront of their decision making, and, and we would encourage them and help them run. And, and, and we were able to get together a school board and have, a, have an elected school board that had a number of really, really good people on that board. And, and so what did that do? Well, uh, this board would hire great, uh, they, they hired a great superintendent and, and even administration. So the school board is, is, in, is oftentimes in charge of, um, of, a, of sitting in and, and having a say on who the principals are going to be and, and the administration. And so uh, we hired great administration, um, great people for that. And then those people would hire great staff and they would even get rid of bad staff. Uh, I know it, it, in, in different states, it's, it's easier or harder to do. In the state that, that I was in, it was, a very, it was very difficult to get rid of teachers. Um, but uh, what, they, what we did is we revitalized schools, uh, oftentimes with even charter schools, uh, which, uh, again, have even a better uh, track record when it comes to test scores and how, how kids learn. Uh, than a lot of the traditional uh, schools. Uh, we, we helped prosecute abusive teachers. Uh, I, the, so many times what you see is a, a teacher who is caught up uh, in a, uh, let's say, sex abuse type situ- scenarios. Uh, they, they, they get kind of brushed under the rug. Basically what happens is so many times a teacher that's get, that, that gets caught in that type of scenario will... Um, the, the school board will come to them and say, hey, you know what? If you just go away, we won't pr- prosecute you. At least you're not going to be in our district. You go somewhere else. It's not our problem anymore. And, 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 that's, what they, and that's what happens. They, they, they just, these teachers go from school district to school district abusing children. And, well, we, we put a stop to that. And we said, nope, that's not going to happen here. And so uh, we, we would help in the prosecution of those teachers. And we, we had a reputation for, for that. Now, did it, did it, um, you know, did it look in, uh, kind of bad because we had a number of teachers that were brought up in the news as saying, hey, this is what's happening in our district? Yeah, it, it, it did. But we also had a reputation of, you know what, if you're going to be in our district, you're not going to do that kind of stuff. That we, are, we are not open to that kind of thing. And so uh, we, we uh, helped kids. That we kept kids in mind, and that's why we did that. Uh, and we, we did what we could to maintain good staff. Uh, when when there were uh, teachers that weren't doing their job and were not good teachers and kids were not learning un- under their tutelage, then we we were able to to do what we could to try to to um, you know get rid of those type of teachers and and keep the teachers that were doing really well, and and again we did all of this why because we kept kids in mind and so when you look back over what's happening here with this union. And with with a, a lot of different policies that are coming down from on high, uh, these are not things that these are not people that are working for uh, the kids' best interests. These th- there is a whole nother agenda here, 
and 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 we're you know we'll get into some homeschooling things and that type of stuff and on another podcast but but what i'm trying to say is the thing that we need to do uh, i believe particularly as christians we need to be able to encourage those that are willing to step forward and feel called by god to fill some of these positions whether it be on school board or elsewhere and be able to keep in mind the things that are important in this case on a school board keep kids at the very forefront of what you do and the decisions that you make. And if you have any, uh, you know, anything that, that, uh, experience that maybe you have, have uh, come across like this, have any questions, whatever, we love to hear from you. And of course that can be done directly by email. Uh, we also are of course on, on Facebook and, and MeWe and Instagram and, and, and some others like that. But, uh, but you can go directly to us with email. We read every one and uh, that email address is foruncommonsense at gmail.com. That's for uncommon sense. That's F-O-R, for uncommon sense at gmail.com. Thank you very much for listening.